This is Project Meraki. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Safira, and this is Project Meraki. Meraki is the concept of people putting a little piece of themselves into their work, and this project is dedicated talking to my friends and mentors that I believe do this in their lives. With me in my living room today is Mitchell Lagos, an international actor based in Singapore and in Sydney. He graduated from LaSalle College of the Arts under a scholarship with first class honours in BA Musical Theatre. He was also presented the LaSalle Award for Academic Excellence as the top student in the BA Performing Arts Faculty. Since then, he's gone on to work in many theatre productions including, just to name a few, Cairo Kamsani's Human Plus, Tropicana the Musical, Matthew Lee's Robinson's New Voices, Melbourne, and Pangdemonium's Rent, and SRT's Romeo and Juliet. And it has even worked in some short films, including my own, The Inventor, but you know, I'll talk about that a bit later, don't worry. So Mitt has just been in Singapore, and I managed to catch him before he heads home for good in Australia, sometimes in a couple of weeks, yeah? yeah. So Mitt, how are you doing right now? What's going on in your life? Like, well... Um, I'm great. I'm really fantastic. This year has probably been the best year of my life, uh, creatively, personally, emotionally, whatever. Right now, uh, I'm in Singapore, just wrapped up a show called Human Plus, which is a little uh, theater show. That was really fun. And then I'm moving on to a few projects this month, and then I'm leaving Singapore, possibly for good, to try start a new life in Australia. Oh, wow. Okay. So what exactly are you doing in Australia, Rick? I mean, do you mm. have something else you need to do? I did an acting or anything? Well, I'm going back to... I've got an agent in Australia, so I'm going back to try the theatre scene there. And at the same time, I want to start my own business and run a space where I will throw events. Nice. Yeah. Oh, impressive, huh? Mm-hmm. So, okay. Tell us a bit more on how did you get into acting, you know? Like, did you think you'll be doing it as a career? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing drama and acting since I was 12 years old, so I'm 26 now, so that's what, 14 years, <laughs> and uh, I just started doing it for fun, and then I remember the moment where I decided that I wanted to do it as a career, it was during the show The Little Mermaid, I was playing the prince, and I couldn't get the, the role at all, I must have been 16, and then my director said, everybody needs to beat an accent into Mitchell because this, the character needs an accent and so everybody stood in a circle and I stood in the middle and they kind of berated me until this accent this British accent came out of me and I remember it being something like I can't believe I sailed halfway around the world just to meet another boring princess <laughs> and that show was so much fun I decided then and there that I wanted to be an actor for a career and I've just kind of followed that ever since Right, I see. So, was there any pressure for you to choose something more reliable from family or friends? You know, how did you deal with this? Like, if there's any, like, oh, you know, Mitch, maybe acting is not really good for you, or mm. you couldn't make it a career here, or whatever. Mm. Never any direct pressure from family or friends, uh, but on the 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 journey of being an artist or my acting career, there's always people that tell you you can't do this or you're not good enough at that. 
and might use their words, whether they're doing it on purpose or whether they're taking out their insecurities on you uh, that that you take on and then you have to deal with in terms of your own self-judgment towards your work. And that can really hold you back. I think for me, that's the major thing that holds me back. But lately I've been excavating myself to remove phrases and ideas that I might have taken on from other people or experiences to get to a more pure creative flow. But never, like, like I say, never any direct pressure from friends or family. So, like, has there ever been a point where you felt like you might have to, you know, give up acting or, like, you know, what got you through it? Like, that thought process. Mm, mm. Um, man, there's been a few points where I have really considered it. I mean, school was tough because uh, me and my classmates, we didn't always have the same opinions. We didn't always, like, uh, towards the work, and which, which is natural. And when you're in the same class with someone for three years straight, <laughs> you can grind each other's gears a bit. Even, like, I did a show earlier this year, and I just didn't really get on with the director. And the, the character was hard, and I was just doubting myself a lot. And I was questioning, is this really fun? Um, why am I doing this? I mean, the pay's not great. The work's not great. It's difficult. It's stressful. Like, what? where is the payoff in all of this? Maybe I should just do something that's more consistent, more reliable, easier to get by. I think all artists kind of go through this thought process. But for me, um, I think it's the determination and the grit and the audacity to just try it again and just keep moving and learning and staying optimistic about the creative journey that it doesn't have to be perfect all the time that gets me through it's your passion yeah it's basically the passion that you have mm. that drives you mm. and my passion maybe isn't specifically acting but i like growing and bettering myself and i think my passion is more a study into humanity people mm, okay mm. so this is really something else totally from what you what you're pursuing right now yeah and that that with acting it's mm -hmm. i can study people i mean it's 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 kind of the study of people and then the reflection of that right right mm. so that did you have to do anything else besides acting or you know have you ever had to just like you know okay like you mentioned just now you know like mm. sometimes you maybe you need to do something more reliable or anything mm -hmm. like that if you, yeah. you pick up any side jobs or anything like that i get by by working with kids actually um, luckily, in Singapore, I've n not had to work a job that isn't somehow performance-related, whether it's entertaining at kids' parties or doing kids' shows in the malls or... Pff, what else have I done? Things... yeah, mostly stuff with kids is... there's good money. I mean, corporate videos as well, and that has gotten me through. I mean, in Australia, I had to work as a dish pig. <laughs> Like washing dishes and cutting vegetables and I did that for a couple of years. Oh wow. Uh -huh. Yeah. Which was I ended up enjoying it, which was strange. But it didn't change you as who you are. You still wanna do, you know, you still wanna pursue acting. Yeah, you know? it, it all it all kind of works towards that. I mean, funding so I can do that and paying rent and bills and other things and it got me through school, doing the kids' parties every weekend. I was doing five days a week, 12 hours, and then on the weekend I'd do three or four kids' parties. So, okay, because you know you're saying that you're very much more leaning towards theatres and stuff like that, mm -hmm. not with film, but you know that theatrical acting has become less popular with mm -hmm. time, but why theatrical over film? Mm. 
They're totally different styles, theatrical acting and film acting. I guess I've just done theatrical acting for such a long time that I feel a lot more comfortable doing it. I enjoy the process because it's familiar and I because it's so familiar I get to experiment within the, my process and like character building and the beats and having a live audience is is quite something it's such an old art form I think it's probably one of the oldest I mean film is only like a hundred years old or so whereas live performance is thousands and thousands of years old it's so natural and I think that maybe that just is why I tend to gravitate towards it. But at the same time, I do do a lot of film acting. Recently, I've been doing a lot. I've uh, got a movie that I'm in premiering tonight. Oh. Um, it's called Lizard on the Wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a bit more about this film. Like, what's your role in it? Um, it was about an Indian Sikh wedding, and I am the stranger that comes in, and my presence kind of makes the wedding fall apart. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. I'm yeah. curious to see. Is it going to be premiering anywhere else online or anything like that? Mm, I'm, I'm not sure, actually. I think it's just tonight. <laughs> okay. For the end of CIFAR. I'll let you know if it, if there's more. All right. I hope all right, there's okay. more. Okay, so you understand that acting is a form of art where all eyes are on you. Mm. So are you faced by this pressure, you know, or have you gotten used to it? Like, is there anything you do to help focus on this pressure? Mm-hmm. Yes, all eyes are on you when you're on theatre, so you can't really get away with a lot. I mean, the good thing about theatre compared to film is that if you make a mistake, it's, it's done. It's like, it only kind of lives in people's memories for a, a, a couple seconds and you can recover yourself and keep going. And generally an audience is pretty forgiving and they want you to do good. But it, the pressure can get to you because you have to connect with them Right then and there, you have to get all your beats right, and you've only got one shot at each, with each audience. It's got to be fresh. You can't just go through the motions. I mean, some performances can be really good, whereas the next night it can be really bad, and there's it, just no telling. But an audience only sees one performance, and they don't see the whole process. To deal with all that pressure, I do really long warm-ups. What sort of warm-ups are you talking about here? Like, you mm. know, vocal warm-ups or just, like, emotionally? Mm. Like, I don't know. What sort of warm -ups? Like, what do you do? Um, for maybe about two hours, I'll do a bunch of things. I'll The last show, I, I experiment with my warm-ups to see what works and what doesn't. But I generally like to do meditation, uh, workout to get the body warm, yoga and stretching. Uh, then I'll do a thing called destructuring, which gets your breath and the ribs open mm -hmm. uh, so you don't like tighten up on stage so um, and then I do vocal exercises to warm up vocally and yeah I, that's about it maybe and then maybe some viewpoints to get my imagination going and I'll do that for about two hours before each show wow it's, yeah. it's really long so you really mm. have to get into the zone mm -hmm. so like okay are there like do you have any hard time remembering lines like any tricks or mental strategies you use to remember them I'm pretty good at learning lines because it's just, I just have to do it and I've had to do it for a really long time. What I like to do is I will record myself saying the other person's lines and leave a gap for my lines and then I'll essentially do the scene with myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
And so you keep on doing that until you remember the yeah, lines. Yeah, because you can, you can read the lines, but it's different to saying it and putting it in the body. Also, I'll go through the script and I'll look at every thought and see how they all connect as well, so it's easier to see the pattern of the character. So you try to get into like, you know, like the different tone, like, oh, these emotions going on in this one. So you try yeah. to make sure you get it all there, even though you're recording as another person. Mm-hmm. Like, from the first reading the script of a character to playing them, do you have a process to get into the character as well? From the first reading of the script, getting into a character, lots of things. I mean, the for theatre, you've got a month, maybe less, maybe more, to build your character and then how that character that character's journey with that point in time between the start of the show and the end of the show i will do a lot of research the first thing i'll do is i'll make sure i know every single word that that the character is saying then every single reference that is going on so i'm not saying words particularly with shakespeare like saying words that i don't know the meaning of because if i don't know what it is then the audience won't know what it is I'll have to go through and understand what my character wants. Like, why is he doing what he's doing? What does he want from the other person? Because acting is all about relationships. So if you can understand what your character is trying to get out of the other person, then you can break that down into the tactics that that character is using to achieve their objective. And then within those tactics, you can break it down even further into the beats um, like what specific action or beat is this character using in this line or in this movement or in this idea? So it's quite detailed. And within that detail mm-hmm. comes a character. And then there's also backstory as well. I'll, I've got a, a list of like a hundred questions that I will answer as the imaginary character. <laughs> Um, and then I will take all the lines. I will use a process I think I mentioned earlier called de- destructuring, and that is to put the words into the body through breath and emotional muscle release. I will also do clown work as another thing I like to do, because clown. Um, I've done a, a month-long workshop in clown right, right. before. Mm-hmm. And it's not actually what you think it is. It's not like, hey, hey, kids, I'm a clown. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's actually the most difficult acting exercise as clown. It's mask work. The clown mm-hmm. nose is the smallest mask. And it's all about being authentic and being in your body and being, we have a saying in clown, mm-hmm. faster than worry, louder than the critic. So you do all this back work. And then when you get onto stage, you have to let it all go. <laughs> and be faster than the worry in your head and louder than the critic in your head as well. So, you know, in terms of this project, Meraki being the idea of someone putting a piece of themselves into their work, I can see that from watching you perform. Like, mm. But what does it feel like for you? Are you just rehearsing lines or is it just more than that, you know, when you're performing? It's definitely more than just practicing lines. Some... Some shows it can be uh, a little bit going through the motions, um, but that as an actor is the thing you want to fight against to being authentic and fresh for every show. Um, I guess it, when you say your project Meraki, you do have to put yourself into every character. My kind of philosophy behind it is that you can't build a completely new person 
I mean, people are complex. We we know that about ourselves. There's a lot of layers to a person, to understanding a person, and you can't just create a reflection of that and put it on stage. You have to take parts of yourself. If a person is a giant puzzle or whatever, you have to take parts of yourself and then take parts of the character as well and mix it all together. And um, the imagination plus your own experience, the self. So when you're putting yourself into a character, you have to understand what the self is. And I think for the actor, very specifically the body and the voice, because those are things that are tangibly real. Um, but it's also, you know, the body holds experience and emotional experience. So that um, that emotional experience that you have, you can also put into the character and explore and use to have a genuine expression on stage and not just go through the motions. And to achieve that state where you can just be authentic and expressing yourself and having a genuine emotional connection to what you're saying and an empathy for the character that you're performing. That's why I do a lot of long-term prep and then a lot of short-term prep. It's almost, I see it as like a giant a slingshot or a rocket or something. Like the one month of preparation is necessary to fill it up. And then the two hour preparation before is just like reloading all of that mm. preparation. Okay, so I mentioned you in the beginning um, mm -hmm. that you were helping me write my film, you know, The Inventor. Mm -hmm. So have you pursued it since? Do you, do you plan to pursue it since? Like writing scripts maybe or like playwrights for theater perhaps? Mm. Well, I like to write. I haven't written any projects recently because I've been focusing on other things. Um, I'm quite to, to keep myself busy and uh, well-rounded well and work on my creative muscles. I work on a lot of different creative aspects of myself. Writing is just kind of one side of it. I write every day, uh, whether it's you know towards a project or just for fun. I make sure I write every day. So write like about what stories or ideas? Just write, just mm. writing in general, huh? I do a thing called morning pages. Okay, yeah. so is that is that like a daily or morning routine that you do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a part of my morning routine. I can tell you about that if okay. you want. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell them more. Um, I'm very big on like each day is a new journey and a new life, and when you wake up you it's important that you set up your day in the right way like if you wake up and the first thing you do is roll over and get on your phone and read on facebook for an hour i mean that's going to become your reality for the day whereas if you can avoid that and construct maybe your first hour in a in a particular way that becomes your reality and then whatever you focus on i think for that first hour you carry with you for the rest of the day yeah, so every day I will wake up in the morning and I'll start with a few breaths. I'll make sure to sit up and I'll say to myself this passage I got from the Dalai Lama. Today I am fortunate to be alive. I have a precious human life. I am not going to waste it. I'm going to use all my energies to develop myself, to extend my heart out to others, 
to achieve enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. I'm going to have kind thoughts towards others. I'm not going to get angry or think badly about others. I'm going to benefit others as much as I can. So that's the first thing I'll do to start my day. Uh, I think it's nice just to have a, a mantra to mm -hmm, set mm -hmm. up your idea for yourself. Um, then I will write for 15 minutes. I'll just write stream of consciousness, three pages, just to get it out, um, to get my creative flow going, uh, to empty my head, to maybe ask myself questions, or like what I want to do, or maybe I'll just write, maybe I won't feel like doing it, but just pushing myself to do it is achieving something for the day. Right. Mm. So are there any days that you miss your morning pages? Mm, there are some days where I have to go to work really early and I try to be aware of maybe, oh, did it affect me at all today? Like, mm. did not doing this routine or this habit or this lifestyle change me? But I think, I think mm, it's been a very, it's been a long time, maybe like a couple months since I've missed it. Oh, wow. That's mm. impressive. So you really think it's working for you, yeah? Yeah, I, I kind of swear by it. I also, I will also, after that, it continues. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll draw for 15 minutes, just whatever I feel like. Um, again, it's just getting my creative flow going. Um, and I think it is quite strong to have an image to start your day with as well, especially when you create and you just... You're like, wow, I just like made that image and that image reflects my day and I like to at the end of the day go back to it and see how that image might have reflected my day or influenced my day. Sometimes it's weirdly prophetic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that it's proven it's worked for you and everything and mm. you swear by it. All right, mm. okay. So it's like, is there any attitude or beliefs that have helped you get to where you are today in regards to work, study, acting, any, getting through tough times? Any which, sorry? Like, any attitudes or beliefs mm. that have helped you? Mm, yeah. Um, attitudes and beliefs. I guess learning to not take things personally is a big one. So when people say, like, oh, your work wasn't good, or oh, you're not this, or oh, you're not that, or people try to put their shit on you or bring you down or just... Uh, be mean to you or whatever. Learning to not th take things personally is one of my biggest at the moment that's really getting me through. I also like the belief that creativity is very natural and when we don't create or when we're not happy with work or whatever, that's actually self-will opposing against something that is a very natural process. Um, attitude of like not giving up is is always a good one and learning how to do that i mean i do really hardcore yoga classes to to push myself to not give up like hot 26 hour and a half yoga class that damn hard <laughs> but you're in there like holding so you're just like ah, i won't give up ah. <laughs> so it's sort of like a movement therapy you know that mm. brings you a thought process like okay you know i'll do this movement i'll get through this obstacle and i'm gonna play like you know place it the same thing yeah and everything I, I really believe in doing things i think in the doing of a thing you get better at a thing and you have to be willing to be bad at a thing mm -hmm. to get good at a thing if you have received critics that really hit you at your core 
you know that this is something that you've been wanting to do for you know for quite some time mm-hmm. and then at some point maybe someone else come along and like I don't know maybe taking away is not the right way of saying it but like just mm. have it way before you like how do you approach that kind of like situation like oh man do you just like oh I really wanted this and someone else take it and then do you think that is really your part like your fault for not being able to like reach it out to it earlier or mm. it's more of like Nah, maybe it's not meant for me. Like, how do you approach that kind of situation? Like, your thoughts? Mm, I'm quite uh, faithful. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I guess my faith is creativity and creative projects. If I don't get something, uh, I might be upset that I didn't get a particular role. But in hindsight, because that's happened so much to me, there's always been other ways and other things that were meant to happen. And I'm more grateful for the fact that I that I didn't get roles or I didn't get opportunities. So when it doesn't happen, I now say to myself like, oh, it's not meant to happen. That's okay. Something else will happen. Or I can use, I'm very optimistic. I can use this time to grow myself in another way or do something mm-hmm. else. Uh, yeah. And I just say, well, I didn't work hard enough to get that. And that's probably a reason for that. But Has I you learned. ever got to a point whereby you really got upset and then it's gonna, it took you a while to like get out? Mm. From the state. Mm. I ever really been upset? Yeah, it happens. I can't think of. I mean, because I maybe like a year or so ago, I developed a practice for when something really gets to me, and I I now know the difference between someone saying something and me just being like, nah, whatever, or someone saying something and I take those words on and make those words a part of myself. And that scares me because then I worry that it might get into my subconscious. Mm-hmm. And if someone said like, oh, your art is shit or, um, oh, that sort of work is just for people that can't make it or it's some stupid shit like that. Um, and then when I feel myself accept those words, I get, I get kind of scared and I go through a process of removing that. And that's trying to understand why why it affected me, I'll write about it, I'll draw it out, maybe I'll write angry letters to people and not send them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Things like that. Do you burn them or just put it outside? Mm, I just put them aside, yeah. And then try to forget about it, yeah. Yeah. Do you do the same to your thoughts as well, like your negative thoughts about yourself? Like, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, sometimes you get affected by people's words and then, you know, yeah. you may not aware of it and then you try it right now and then suddenly you realise, oh man, I have these thoughts about myself. Mm. Like, when you do that, do you actually write letters to yourself as well? Like, no angry letters and then you're just like okay this is not who I am I'm gonna put it away and you know does that work for you like mm-hmm. it's really just I, I'll do I'll if I have like negative thoughts about myself I'll write it out and maybe try to think about where that came from where that idea originated from like was it my childhood like why these why this word specifically that this person said has aggravated something in me um like, where does that come from? It's I, I'm very big on taking responsibility for your own actions, responsibility sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I will write that phrase. I'll try to understand where it came from. And then I will rewrite the phrase, but in a positive way. In positive affirmations, yeah. And yeah. A, mm-hmm. Positive affirmation, yeah. And then I'll take that and do it again and again and again. And I'll carry that with me until I, I believe that sentence more than I believe the old one. Ah, that's really good, huh? Mm. I think it really helps. Like, mm-hmm. so, 
you know, after everything that you've done, like, do you actually plan on acting theatre for as long as possible? Do you have anything else you want to move on or fall back in the long run? Where next? I mean, mm. because, you know, you, you mentioned about this business that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So is that like your backup plan? Like, is that long term mm. you can for? It's not necessarily the backup plan. It's something I discovered mm-hmm. maybe like a year or so ago. I think theater, in in the same way that a person can be limited by other people's beliefs and impositions, I think the idea of theater is v- very l- limited in at the moment. I think for theater, you walk in, people sit down in comfy seats and watch you perform. I think for most people in the world, that's their idea of what theater is. So the the where I want to take theater and acting, I kind of want to go towards more theater making, but I want to break down the structure of what theater is because it's not appealing to everybody. And I think a lot of people don't go to the theater. And a lot of people do other things like go to bars or clubs or parties or whatever. So what I'm trying to work on at the moment is I want to have a space where... I remove the idea of audience and actors. So they're all kind of together. I throw a party. I call it party theater. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's where things happen. That's, yeah, yeah that's and where things happen. So, yeah, and, and like... actors will do things, but maybe mm-hmm. you don't know who the actors are. Another big part of it is I want to have people paint the space as well, which... which I, I've seen you you've know. done it a couple of times at mm. your own place, yeah? Like, you know, how you mm-hmm. let them paint the space and everything. Mm. Now that's a good practice, you know? You just get people together and you know from all sorts of background and you just yeah. just gather. Yeah, it's, it's, I want to create community. Oh. And I want to have a bigger creative hand in my work. As an actor, often you have to adhere to what people tell you what to do, mm-hmm. which is kind of an actor's job. Right. But I also want to just unleash myself a bit more. And I'm trying to create my own platform where I can do that. Uh, it's just freedom of creativity and stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. If you'd like to connect with Mitch, you can find him on Facebook. That's Mitchell Legos with M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L space L-A-G-O-S or on Instagram at Mitch Legos, which is M-I-T-C-H-L-A-G-O-S. He's been uploading funny little skits that you would enjoy. So please do give him a follow and check him out. Up next, we have Ben Bogla, the director of Kali Majapahit and as well as R.E.D. Asia. And we'll be covering topics on achieving your goals and focusing on what's important. So stay tuned.